welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Megan Bull. And I'm your co-host, Scott Walters. And we are here with Naveed Afraziabian today. Thanks for being with us, Naveed. Excited to be here. And this isn't your first time on our show, is it? Uh, no, it's not. Just before the pandemic, I was on the show once, so this so- is the second time. That's a great starting point. So to start us off, do you maybe want to give us a really brief summary of what that episode and that research touched on and what you're going to talk about today? That was based on my uh, research in my master's, which was about uh, motion of uh, long polymer molecules and, and how a single molecule moves inside a fluid flow goes through, thread through a very uh, tiny hole. They call it nanopores because the pores are nanoscale. And and that was the research I did for my uh, master's. Um, for my PhD now, uh, I'm, I'm working on uh, polymer nanocomposites, which are uh, materials that have a matrix, a base, that is uh, a polymer with long chain molecules. And then you uh, infiltrate um, some sort of uh, nanoparticles. Again, we call it nanoparticles because the particles are nanoscale. <laughs> uh, and and to improve, you add the, the nanoparticles to add uh, and, and, and create some properties in this material. So uh, that's the research that I'm doing now. Okay, great. And just to clarify on a couple terms, just for some listeners who might not know, so nano, of course, means very small, and of course, all molecules are pretty small, but these are small within them, right? And polymers, that's like plastics, correct? Yes, so uh, polymer is is the general term for all uh, molecules that are long-chained molecules. Basically, when you have a sequence of atoms connected uh, and you get a long chain molecule, that is called a polymer. So plastics Mm. are uh, one of the uh, materials that have polymer, uh, that are polymeric in nature. So we have in industry, usually like we break Uh, down polymers to different groups like we have plastics we have rubbers glue all of these things all of these different materials are uh, actually polymers so yes plastics are polymers so going off of that because again great segue from Scott there um, you talk about fiber reinforced polymer composites is that that uh, correct in your research? Correct, yes. So what are they? <laughs> yeah, so polymers are, are great when it comes to uh, things like impact because when you have these long molecules moving around, they have a lot of friction between them, which means they absorb energy and they can, they can take an impact, right? But again, because they're light and, and because of their molecular structure, uh, they're not very strong. So what you do is like what we do with um, and with buildings. When you have concrete and the concrete can't take uh, like compression, uh, actually it can take compression, but it can't take uh, stretching, I think, and and uh, or torsion or something. And then you add the the 
uh, like the metal rods and things into the structure to help the concrete to actually hold itself. It's the same mechanism. We have the polymer that has some properties, but strength is not one of them. And when you need it to be strong, then you add these fibers that hold the hold like hold this entire matrix together and help the material to become stronger and 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 then you create the uh, nanocomposites that are uh, high performance so um, and and the fibers can have different uh, can be from different materials like we have glass fibers we have carbon fibers um, that's also like what kind of fiber you use uh, affects what you get at the end, what kind of properties you can get from the material at the end. Okay, and these fibers that are basically serving as rebar, you're saying, in like a concrete and buildings, and they're trying to make your composite stronger, where, you said there's carbon-based ones, of course, but how do you get those into your composite? How, is that what you're trying to research and figure out how you're going to do? Well, um, he, here's the thing. So, um, there, there are processes that you use for that. To be honest, it's, it's been a while since I studied um, in my undergrad about how these processes. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I can't, um, uh, like th there are different methods like compression molding or, or uh, extrusion. There are different methods that you use to create like these materials. That is not actually my research. Uh, like I said, the, the main purpose of uh, creating these uh, materials is because we want some high performance materials that can give us some specific and, and, and good properties, right? Now, the first step to improve something is always to understand it. So that, that's how we have like science and engineering. Science comes, explains what you have, and then engineers use this to improve uh, the current uh, material or whatever the system that we have. So, so again, in this process, I'm on the science side uh, studying in physics. I actually look at the molecules uh, at the nanoscale, at the, the micro scale to see how the molecules move, how they interact with each other. And what we see at the micro scale is, is actually contributes to what we see, uh, see in real life and in uh, continuum scale. So uh, for my research, I actually look at the micro scale, see what are the uh, behaviors, uh, and then I provide this information to engineers to actually uh, work on the uh, real-life applications and improve the material that they have. Okay, so you talk about um, looking at the micro scale, and that's that's what that's what you do. What does that process look like? Like, what do you have to do daily to look at the the micro scale of of these properties? There are different ways that you could you can study materials at micro scale. One is experiment. Um, well, you could say technically three ways. You have uh, theoretical approaches, you have experiments, and then um, there are simulations or computational methods. I, I do computational. When it comes to experiments, 
again, like you have microscopes, you have um, like spectroscopy methods. Uh, you can use those to actually see how the like the material looks at na nanoscale or microscale, or mm -hmm. uh, and 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 then you have theories that are actually so this this is interesting so let me talk about the computation and then go back to the theory because it's, it's kind of related um, so when it's got come it comes to computational methods it's, it's like simulations so we have uh, certain equations that tell you how these molecules uh, move in, in space and time like just basic thinking about it if you take in any like basic physics in, in even um, high school, you've heard of like Newton's <laughs> laws, right? Mm -hmm. how, how something moves and the relation between force and, and uh, mass and uh, like uh, acceleration and all that. So you can, you, you can look at your molecules exactly like objects and then follow these equations at each time to see how, how the molecules move, move around. And, and you can solve this numerically. And when you solve that, you, you get different states of the system. And, and when I say state, it's like imagine you have a bunch of molecules moving around and you take a snapshot at it. And again, in five seconds, again, you take another snapshot of the system. And the molecule that was like, um, I don't know, at the, on the left, now it's on the right because moved. Uh, with with a certain speed, like uh, and velocity, in a certain direction. So, um, this is like that. So you take snapshots, something like that, and you analyze. Okay, how this move, how that moves, and 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 you get different phases of material forming. You have uh, this, and and when you look at this and analyze it, I'm, I'm just trying not to be to go like very technical. Like uh, oh, that's please. why you 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 hear me <laughs> repeating some like. I'm just avoiding very physical terms like phase behavior and <laughs> yes and and things like that. So uh, or like. Um, Computational methods is simulation. You simulate this system by solving uh, certain equations numerically, and um, you analyze the data, uh, and you can look at different parameters to determine how the system behaves, depending on what what matters to you. If is if you're looking at dynamics, if you're looking mm -hmm. at uh, phase behavior again, um, so. You need different, like if you look at the thermodynamics of the system, then you have you have to look at different parameters. Now, the reason I want to talk about theoretical approaches after the computational is technically computational methods are also theoretical. The difference nowadays is if you have a method that is very expensive to do by hand, like when I talk about the computational methods, methods looking at all those molecules moving around, imagine like huge numbers, like, I don't know, for the smallest, I'm just thinking about my system and I had like 400,000 atoms uh, <laughs> or mo actually molecules like move around in this, in this simulation box. Now imagine I sit down and write the position of each one of these atoms <laughs> And then I have to apply the equations that I have to all of them to find what 
when when they end up at the end of the next time step. So if I want to do this by hand, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so so when it comes to theory and and um, computation, they're not technically uh, different. But then theoretical approaches are the approaches that are kind of simpler. So you you go in and simplify instead of now looking at every single atom, you say, okay, like I can ignore some of some of the details in this system, which is called coarse graining. So you, you kind of make you ignore some of the details because eventually at the end don't affect uh, your system. And then you come up with an approach that is computationally less heavy. And also the parameters that show up in your equations for the theoretical approaches are kind of more meaningful in the sense that you have a certain parameter having a physical meaning. For the computational, is, is they do have meaning directly related to the properties that you want to see. So when we coarse grain and come up with simpler or more general uh, equations, we, we classify them in, in the theoretical uh, like category, but technically computations and, and, and theoretical approaches are technically the same. You're solving an equation. Okay. So you talked about trying to figure out what you're interested in. So that brings me to want to ask you, what are you interested in? What are the properties you're yes. trying to figure out? <laughs> and what are the primary applications for these polymer composites that you're embedding with fibers? Okay. So talking about my interest, I just like polymers and I want <laughs> to understand what they do. It's mm -hmm. just, they're just so fascinating. You have these uh, long chain molecules and, and these introduce correlations to your system. When you look at like water molecules, one molecule goes one way, the other one goes the other way. But for polymers, this atom is connected to the other atom. So this creates correlation. So the system has different kind of degrees of freedom compared to small molecules. So they're very interesting when you look at the, their properties and how they behave. So, so modeling polymers and coming up with like predictions and, and, and theoretical equations is just fascinating. So I, I, I find it really um, exciting to figure things out and, and see how they behave. Um, but when it's come to applications, like I said, um, Polymer nanocomposites are high performance in the sense that, um, like I said, polymers have, um, like they are very easily shapeable. You can melt one, but in general, generally saying uh, polymers are, are shapeable, plastics are shapeable. So this, this is good. You can have different shapes, different things. They are very light. And now when you add the fibers, you get strength as well. And like you can compare cars that we had like, I don't know, um, even not very long, like 50 years ago. And now 
mm-hmm. in weight they're just completely different like way lighter but you you can get the same performance and and the cars are way safer now than they were years ago and these are all coming from the the great properties that these nanocomposites and and fiber reinforced composites are are adding so um automotive industry aerospace industry those um can really use the good properties coming out of um such materials so so that's the application and actually uh I'm part of a big group it's a collaboration between Germany and Canada and we are a big group of scientists and engineers uh working on different aspects of automotive industry and material like the material part of it of course um uh, how can you like how can you improve the properties of the material so that you can have better um cars lighter but stronger great thank you so so how can you one improve the properties of these things like i'm i'm curious about that cuz when you said that and you talk about the practical application of your work um Naveed, in, in automotive and aerospace industry and and cars obviously is one of them but where in cars like what parts of cars are i guess the polymer and and nanocomposites what what parts of the car mm-hmm. um are these materials being applied to and especially in the aerospace industry the first question uh how can we improve so that 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 is one of the question uh we recently published a paper in um American Institute uh for Physics AIP that that was the main thing so when when you um again the paper and and my approach is is more f- uh for understanding than just improving mm-hmm. but eventually the the information that i produce can be used somewhere else to actually imp- improve the material but one of the things with uh the the matrix which which is a polymer and um the uh fibers they are not the same type so it's like again this is not a very accurate analogy but think about it like having water and oil they don't mix mix very well so the water stays water the oil stays oil in the vicinity of each other so i can't get better properties out of this because each component staying as it is they're not mixing really well it's the same thing for the fiber and the uh, the matrix so you want the polymer and the fiber to interact well so that you can actually create new properties otherwise if they're not interacting you're not creating anything probably if you just like put a little bit of pressure out of on on the material the fibers just pull out and and the matrix stays there and you didn't improve anything So you want good mix mixing between these. Now there are chemical ways that you could do it. You could like uh, functionalize your fiber to interact better with the matrix and this helps and it's been done. Um but what we did in in the paper was we were thinking about the physical aspects of it. There are actually equilibrium states 
that the polymer ends up there uh, regardless of the processing. No matter what you do, if you give it enough time, it will end up, it's like, it's like a ball going down a, um, a hell or valley. It eventually, like even if you started with high and with some speed, eventually slowly dies down and, and ends up at the bottom of the um, valley or whatever. So for, for equilibri equilibrium states are also like that. So there's an opti like optimum uh, energy state for the system and, and, and or and entropy uh, state for the system and it like ends up there. Now, if this is an equilibrium state and the mixing is not good at the equilibrium state, no matter what you do with the processing, your system is going to end up in in a bad mixing uh, or like um, not well dispersed conformation or con configuration for the system. So um, so what we did, we, we wanted to look at that, see like if, if we add more rods to the system, how, how they arrange and then how, how they end up in, in the thing, like if you add more rods, if we, if we functionalize the rods, it, does it help? Uh, would, it, would it improve? Uh, the uh, mixing and the dispersion and we found really interesting results that actually when you add more rods the system becomes more dispersed which wasn't actually expected because based on theories before you know that if you pack more and more rods in a system the their fluctuations um, and again this is an entropic effect uh, the system ends up being very oriented in a single, in, a, in one direction, just because that gives the rods more space to wiggle around. And again, this, uh, I, I, I don't want you to think about this like very hard because <laughs> this, is, this is a very difficult physical problem that it takes time and, and, and intuition and, and uh, work to understand. But the main thing is it, it was interesting and we found that the dispersion can be improved by adding more more rods to the system when you have attractive interactions between the rod and the polymer, polymer matrix. So going back to your question, um, the dispersion uh, is one of the important things. You, you want the, the direction of the fibers, how they're oriented, and, and the distribution of them is very important in the material. And that was, that was the topic of, of my last paper. So um, that's one of the ways that you could improve it. Again, I, I, I'm not the expert asking about like the more engineering and design part of the thing because I've been like, I do have a chemical engineering, polymer engineering background, but I have been away <laughs> for so long and focusing all these like molecule uh, scale kind of things that I, I can't really recall where such materials could be used but um, simply you want as much plastic as possible in your car because it makes it lighter right so as long as it gives you reasonable performance you would you would want um, 
plastics. So you can see like the interior design and even like the bumper of the car and things like that. Okay. Because like, again, like as, as I mentioned, polymers are good for impact, right? And the bump, what you want for like a bumper or a, uh, is, is so something like that. You want good impact so that uh, the passengers don't actually. So basically when you, when you crash, all all the energy is dissipated and 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 waste uh, well waste is not the i think dissipation is the best um dissipated through through the internal interactions of this of polymer uh and um you don't feel it inside the car right so that saves lives and stuff so you want okay. as, mu as much as possible, it's as good. long as you can, yeah. As long as you can get uh, good performance, then yeah, why not? Makes the car lighter. Keeps you safe. Keeps you safe. <laughs> I'm guessing reduces gas and stuff like that. Well, we're just about of, out of time, but if people wanted to know more about your research or get in contact with you, how would they go about that? Uh, so I, I do have a, an academic Twitter <laughs> that people can reach out. Uh, so it's... Uh, N Afrosia, N A F R A S I A. Uh, too many A's in my name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, they can reach out there. Um, also, I have a Google Scholar. They can they can look it up, and and I have my email on all my papers, so people can um, read, look, and if they they are interested, they can reach out through my uh, email. Excellent. We'll be sure to post that in the uh, show notes of this episode on our website. And they can read about all your interesting work on how it's making us safer when it goes into cars. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. So this has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Megan Vol, and my co-host was Scott Walters. And we've been speaking with Naveed Afraziabian. And this episode was produced by Emily Hutchinson. If you'd like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. And to listen to us, we're on Radio Western at 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.